We're so thankful you're here today. I will invite your attention to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, I want to begin reading verses 14 through 17. And I, I'm, I'm going to be talking a little bit today about something. It's, it's, it's you, maybe a little bit unique to what I normally will talk about. It is, but it isn't. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to you some things today that might... Uh, be just even a little bit uh, personal to what I have on my heart. First Corinthians chapter four, verses 14 through 17. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. And I want to speak to you a little bit this morning on the subject, the importance of impartation. The importance of impartation. Could we lift up our voices unto God and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word? God, I thank you for your people and I thank you for your word. I pray, God, today you'll give us a boldness and a love and a wisdom and accuracy in declaring the word of the Lord, that it would bring life, that it would bring joy, that it would bring hope to our hearts, oh God, to every hearer of the word. Lord, transform our hearts that we may be doers of the word, that we could behold our face in the natural glass of the word of God and change according to your image and your purpose for our life. We give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. This passage of scripture is a passage that the Apostle Paul deals with some things that are very uh, personal to him. Uh, he is actually in this passage, he is in defense of his apostleship. And he is explaining to the church at Corinth that, that he is engaged in the work of the Lord and is, and is not only engaged in the work of the Lord, but that he is under assault from others. And he is writing to them and, and is providing some clarity to them. And he explains to them that uh, he is uh, judged by others, but that his judgment really comes from the Lord, that the Lord is his judge, and that he is, he is making the case for his being the apostle of Christ. And he even gets into the matter of, of the fact that he was been made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. He really gets into his vulnerability here describes that he has become a fool for Christ's sake. He describes that, uh, that they do suffer hunger and thirst, that they are without clothing, they're buffeted, they have no certain dwelling place. They labor working with their hands, being reviled, they bless, being persecuted, they, they suffer it, they just deal with it, they're defamed. They're made as the filth of the world and the off-scouring of all things unto this day. 
And he is describing to the church of Corinth, these are just some of the hardships he was experiencing in the ministry that he was doing for the Lord. And, uh, you know, we don't even really have a knowledge of what all the apostles suffered when they worked for the Lord. We have the great privilege. I mean, look, look here today as we stand in this place. We stand surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And, and when I preach the word of God, I have every confidence that as the word goes forth, there are going to be a hearty and resounding uh, a chorus of amens. And, and what that means is that's, that's the church standing with the preaching of the word saying, we believe what the word of the Lord says and we, we agree with it and we say amen. Uh, Paul was in the process of building up the New Testament church. And so they, they weren't quite there yet. And he was having to explain to the church at Corinth that, listen, uh, you have no idea what I suffer when I go out and preach the word of God in other places. And it was because of Paul's work that he was doing that there were churches like Ephesus and Philippi, Colossae, Thessalonica, uh, these great churches that received letters from the Apostle Paul and these letters from the Apostle Paul serve as guideposts and instructions even now for the church in 2023. And it was his relationship with these churches and the fact that he founded most of them and then put pastors over them and, and this founding influence he had imparted to pastors and to other ministers and there were faithful laborers. He tried to explain this to the church at Corinth in many different ways. In one way, he explained to them, he said, listen, this is how the kingdom of God works. He said, one plants and then another waters and then God gives the increase. And so he said, the one who plants is not to be, is not to, you're not to stop there and say that planter is my, my only go-to. Uh, or if there's one that waters, you're not to say, build a tabernacle around that waterer and say, all right, this waterer is, is my whole world. He said, no, no, the planter isn't anything. The waterer isn't anything. It's God who gives the increase. But, but we are all laborers. He, he, he really tried to put that upon them and their understanding that we are all laborers together in Christ to see his work done in the world. And, uh, and then Paul comes after he, after he explains to them that he is in defense of his apostleship. He says to the church at Corinth, he said, listen, I, I don't write these things to your shame. He said, uh, I'm writing to you as beloved sons, and I'm warning you. He said, you have 10,000 instructors in Christ. There are uh, no shortage of people who can talk about Christ, who can teach about Christ, who can, who can speak the word of God. But he said, but you don't have many fathers. There are, there are very few who have begotten you into the gospel of God. He said... To them, he said, I have begotten you through the gospel. Now, we understand that Paul was not calling himself the father. And he was not calling himself certainly the everlasting father. In fact, Jesus said, do not call man father. That's why today I'm not Father Joel or Father Urshan. Amen. We, we, we don't go by that. There is one father. And his name, hallelujah, is Jesus. 
But I, I want you to understand, I want you to understand though that what Paul was saying was, is that, that I, am, I am a designation of the Father. And I am brought into your life as one who is going to teach you about the Father. And, and so the Apostle Paul was letting them know, look, look, you, you, you listen, there are tons of podcasts. There are tons of, of uh, blogs. And there are tons of people who can instruct in Christ. There are, there are lots of different, lots of people who can teach. But there is, you got to be careful with that, he was saying. You can't get away from your roots. You can't get away from the ones that have begotten you through the gospel. And I want you to know that as the seed, which is the word of God, goes forth from this pulpit, it is, it is that seed that creates in the womb of the church the beautiful birth of the fruit of the Spirit in people's lives. And so we cannot stray from what comes across this sacred desk. And Paul explained to them, he said, I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and he is faithful in the Lord. And he, Timotheus, not Paul, Timotheus, a separate person, a completely different individual, but one who is in familial relationship to Paul and is faithful in the Lord, and he shall bring you into remembrance of my ways. He said, my ways which be in Christ. And he said, this is gonna go on as I, Paul said, as I teach everywhere in every church. And he is laying the foundation for Corinth to understand. Corinth, the kingdom of God, is so large and and I want so much for you to understand and to help me in my quest to take this gospel across the globe because we're not we don't just need a letter to Corinth we don't just need a first and second Corinthians we need an Ephesians we need a Philippians we need a Colossians we need a first and second Thessalonians. There is a work that God is doing across the globe. And Paul said, I am a servant to it. In one place, he said, I am in bondage to it. He said, I am called to go into all the world. And he said, and, I, and as I go, and he said, as I teach in every church, he said, I have sent Timotheus unto you. And it wasn't just Timotheus, but there was Apollos. These were leaders, these were elders, these were preachers, these were teachers, these were baptizers in the church at Corinth. And he said, and they are representing me in Christ. One place Paul said, be followers of me as I am a follower of Christ. It is all contingent upon following Christ. You have heard me say many times, and if you haven't, I want you to hear it loud and clear. Follow me as I follow Christ. And if I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. It is not worth following a person. It is only worth following Jesus Christ. But if you find a man, a good man of God who's going to follow Jesus Christ, then you need to get in lockstep and say, I'm here for the long haul and I'm going all the way with Jesus. 
And that's what happens when we preach the word of God. We do not preach to you cunningly devised fables. We do not preach to you fanciful stories. We do not preach to you something to manipulate your emotions. We don't get what we want from Reader's Digest and there's some good illustrations and what have you. But, but that's not what this is about. This is about preaching Jesus. We know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. We are not going to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We are not going to get caught up on every popular cultural trend. We are not going to get bogged down in every politically charged conversation of the day. We are going to preach Jesus. We're going to preach God manifest in the flesh who lived the innocent life that was necessary to overcome sin and death, who died the death of a transgressor as the spotless Lamb of God, who was buried in a borrowed tomb, who was resurrected from the dead, spoiling principalities and powers, who showed himself alive by many infallible proofs, who ascended on high into the majesty of God, who poured out his spirit upon all flesh, who is still in the saving business, but is soon to return and rapture his church and raise the and cast down his enemies and establish his kingdom. That's what we preach. That's what we preach. That's all we preach. And we preach it in the face of everything. And we preach it to every kind of a of a false doctrine that might try to come down the path or some kind of a horrific event that emerges in our culture or life, but, but, but we preach Jesus. And yet I can, I can hear the words of Paul and they sound loudly in my ears. He said, I, I send Timotheus, I'll add Apollos because he added him in other portions of these letters to Corinth. He said, they are faithful in the Lord and shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, I, 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 this is a tough message to preach because I don't, I don't want in any way, shape, or form to ever come across as I could, I could bring myself into this passage and relate to it, and yet there's parts of it I can relate to. I can relate to what he's saying when he says, as I teach in other churches. I, I, I'm speaking to you on this subject today because there's a heaviness in my spirit. It's not a spiritual heaviness, but it's, but there's, there's a, it's a personal heaviness. I even go as far as to say maybe even a, a fleshly heaviness because we're getting ready to travel, Lord willing, to uh, Africa, like right away, South Africa and Madagascar and and pray for us. I do covet your prayers, your covering of prayers as we go to preach the gospel. And we're going to see what God has done in Madagascar. And that Madagascar work came out of this church. 
And when the, the missionary went there, he went and was, and was the, he, was, he didn't know anybody, didn't know how to speak the language, he knew nothing of the culture, but he went up and down the streets saying, does anybody speak English? And when the first person he met that spoke English, he began to teach them a Bible study and, and preach the gospel to them. And, and that's how the church started. Today, there are 250,000 people in Madagascar who are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see, we're going to see the great work that came out of this church and we're going to be in South Africa and, and, and yet there's a heaviness in my spirit because I, I'm gone a lot and I'm not gone because I want to be gone. I'm gone because the gospel has to be preached across the world. I've missed more Sundays this year than I've missed any year of my pastorate. And it's hard on me when I do that because I don't. I'm not, I'm a homebody. I'm not a, I'm not a globetrotter, but it has been a calling of God upon my life to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when I'm gone, I miss, I miss you. I miss being here. I miss singing around the front of this church and dancing before the Lord with all of you. That's what I miss. That's what I want. And I will say that next year it's going to be different. Amen. Sister Heidi has told me it's going to have to be different. <laughs> Amen. I thank God for Sister Heidi Urshan. I thank God for a wonderful wife. She is a blessing. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for that, because when I need, when I need to, uh, when I need to talk, I talk to Jesus and to Heidi, and and I and I thank God for her. She helps to bring things into perspective. She helps to bring things into balance, and uh, and we're working on a way to make sure that I can fulfill the call of God. When God called me to preach, He called me to preach, and I, I don't always get to dictate where that is. But, but we're working on making sure we have a good policy in place where I can space it out a little bit more than sometimes I'm capable of doing. And I don't want to be gone. I don't want to be gone. But sometimes necessity is that I have to be away preaching the gospel. And so I hear Paul when he says, everywhere in every church. Now, I'm not everywhere and I'm not in every church. Please forgive me for any God forgive me for any comparison to the Apostle Paul. I don't want to have to stand next to him in judgment with his stripes and his snake bites and, and, the, and, the, and the physical, the, he said he bears in his body the marks of Christ. So Lord, forgive me for even, for even getting close to this scripture to try to convey this message. But hear what I'm telling you today. There is a call of God in this hour to every church throughout the world. 
Some are legacy churches. Some of them have been in, in existence for many, many decades. But, but the challenge with legacy churches is that legacy churches, they can feel like they've experienced their glory days. And sometimes they reach for glory days instead of glory. And, and not all the time, but we're a legacy church. We're a legacy church. And we have to find that balance of celebrating our history and being true to our foundation and not deviating from our foundation, but seeking the glory of God today. And I walk into some churches and, and, I, and I preach the gospel in some places where, where I will preach their 50th anniversary or their 60th or their 75th anniversary and my grandfather preached their dedication. And, and it's a relationship that exists and it's similar to the relationship that Paul had with Timothy when he said, Timothy, I, I knew your mother and I knew your grandmother and I knew their unfaith faith. And it is a faith that lives in you, Timothy. And, and I'm... I'm, I came here when I was 25. I'll be 45 next year. I'm not 25 anymore. That's one thing Sister Heidi told me. She said, you're not 25 anymore. You're, you're in your mid-40s. But, but I have a little bit of a relationship where I knew their mother and I knew their grandmother and I know what's in them and I know they're in a generation that is turning their backs on God. And there's a little bit of a Pauline Timotheus relationship I have with lots of different churches where my grandparents knew their grandparents and my parents knew their parents and my great grandparents knew their great grandparents. And I have a, a, an apostolic authority because of that to be able to step into their world and say, I know the faith that is inside of you and I'm stirring it up by way of remembrance. I'm calling out of you something Something that God had put in you many years ago. And I want to thank you, Tree of Life Church, for understanding that importance. That means more to me. I couldn't do what I do without your support and without your prayer covering and without your words of encouragement. You are a constant encouragement in my life and I thank you for that and in my family's life and I thank you for that. From the time we arrived, our children have been loved by this church and our family has been loved by this church. And so it's very, it's very challenging sometimes it's not just to a legacy church. Sometimes it's to a brand new church that's just getting started. And maybe, maybe they don't have a clue who my grandfather was or who my great grandfather was. They don't, they've never heard that name and I'm, that, that means nothing to them. But, 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 but they, the pastor of that church plant says, I want them to be tied. I need them to be tied to a foundation of apostolic truth. I need you to come in and tell them who who we are and what we're all about. Tree of Life Church, it is bigger than Corinth and it is bigger than Ephesus and it is bigger than Cincinnati. And I want to thank you for understanding that. And if you don't understand that, I want to thank you for your willingness to understand it because it, what we're doing at Tree of Life Church, it is important that we understand it has to happen here. It has to be centered here. There has to be a foundation here, but it can 
cannot be locked into this location. What happens here has to go beyond these walls. We didn't build these walls to restrict it. We built these walls to gather the faithful together and give marching orders. Hallelujah. And to impart, to impart, to impart the truths and the precepts of God. And it is vitally important that there be an impartation. I know that, I know that when Paul explained to them, he said, listen, he said, my concern is, he said, my concern is that while I'm gone in everywhere, in Paul's case in every church, he said, my concern is that you depart from my ways in Christ. And he said, I can't have you depart from my ways in Christ. And so there are Timotheus and there are Apollos and there are different, different elders and leaders that are connected to the ministry of Paul. And they are, they are all in this together. And the apostle Paul explained that to the church at Corinth because he said it has to be, there's, there's certain things God has shown me. There's certain things that we've done on purpose. And I need to tell you, Tree of Life Church, I understand what he means, because there are certain things the Lord has, has done to bring us to where we are. We didn't get here by accident. We're not sitting here by accident. We're not here with a multi-generational, multicultural church that is serving God together. That didn't happen by accident. It happened by the pure blessing of God. And it happened by the intentionality of the execution of scripture. I remember for me where it developed in a very personal way, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why is it that everywhere I go, you move on me to preach the oneness of God? Why is that? They would have me at youth conventions and I would preach on the oneness of God. And, and I always felt like, man, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not real youthy. I'm not funny and I'm not cool. And yet I'm up here trying to pray and I get up there. I just, just recently I was preaching at a peak, just Friday, I was preaching at a PK tribe. Emma and Bailey were there in Dallas, Texas two days ago. And I was preaching to 400 preachers kids from around the nation and around the world in Dallas, Texas. And they're there dedicated and trying to get closer to God. And when I got up to preach, I preached on the order of Melchizedek. And I thought, Lord help us but you've got to preach what God puts on your heart to preach I was preaching a youth convention years ago and and I came out of my session and the other preacher came out of his session and we met up and and uh I said man what'd you preach and he said I preached I hate spiders and I said man I hate spiders too I bet that was a great message and I thought man I wish I had cool titles like that and he said, what did you preach? I said, I preached Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. That's what I preached. That's all I know. I'm grateful for I hate spiders. Our young people need to hear it. Our churches need to hear it. Preachers don't need to try to be like other preachers. We're not cookie cutters. Everybody's got their own unique way of presenting. But I've got to be true to the way God put it in my heart. And I'm going to preach it the way he put it on my tongue. And I've got to preach what he's revealed to me. And Tree of Life Church is a reflection of what the Lord has revealed to me. 
And I said, Lord, I need to know why are you, why are, every time I get in the pulpit in those days, this was 15 years ago, I said, every time I get in the pulpit, you move on me to preach on the oneness of God. And I said, could you show me what that is? And I didn't even know, but that prayer was going to take me on a journey through valleys deep and mountains high. And he was going to show me the great wonders of his spirit and of his name and of his glory. And he began to show me the, the riches of his oneness. I knew the theology of it, but the riches of it started coming alive to me. And just the knowledge that it was God who was manifest in the flesh. He did not delegate the dirty work of Calvary to a separate being. It was God. And we are not going to try to satisfy some religious tradition with our language and undo that beautiful truth. No, we're going to remain true that God was manifest in the flesh. And I mean God was. You hear me? Elohim, El Shaddai, El Yon, Jehovah Jireh, Mekadesh, Sid Shema, Shalom, Rohai, Rofe. God was manifest in the flesh. All of God was manifest in the flesh. And he was the only begotten son of God. Yes, he was. But he was not a separate being. He became who we were supposed to be. So he could lead us into becoming what Adam threw away. And I will, I will, I will live and die for that truth. Because it is everything. It is everything. And when he came to this earth, he lived the life we couldn't live but must. And he died the death that we were supposed to die, but don't have to now. And he rose from the dead that we would have no escape out of without him. And he prepared a place for us that where he is, we may be also. And we ought to spend the rest of our days dancing and shouting and worshiping and giving him glory without any prompting, pumping, or priming. It was in that context that I began to understand the love of God. The love of God for me, the love of God for us. And it was so, it was so powerful and so present. And that became the message, the love of God. I preached on the revelation of John shortly thereafter, the love of God. The first message he put in my heart to preach was exalting the name of Jesus in the last days. The next message he put in my heart to preach in 2008 was the revelation of John. It was the revelation of John. He was the only disciple at the cross. He came away, all he could talk about was love. He loves me, he loves me. We know that he's John the beloved because he told us he's John the beloved. He said, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. You know how I it because he was at the cross and he saw the love of God. The oneness of God is the love of God. And John came away understanding that that love that God loves us with is the love that we love each other with. We, we don't have love to love each other with. If you try to love one another with human love, it will fail and it will fall. But if you love God with the love that you are convinced he loves you with, then it will never fail and it will never fall. And you can love one another as he has loved you. In fact, even the love that you have for him is not your love. It's the love he gave you that you used to love others with that now you love God with. 
Hallelujah. This was a revelation. And this is what helps Tree of Life Church be Tree of Life Church is our understanding that he loves us. And because he loves us, we love each other. And because he loves us, we love him. And that was the revelation of John. And how to achieve that was the next step that God took me into. This was around 2009 and into 2010. And it was, it was this message. It was in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. The simplicity that is in Christ, not outside of Christ, in Christ. It is simple in him. It is complicated outside of him. Abide in me and my words abide in you. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. The promises of God in him are yea and amen. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. It is all about being in Christ that we begin to become like him. And so this was, the, this was the revelational journey. It was during this period, I, I stopped reading anything but the Bible. Only the Bible, I only read the Bible. I didn't want anything from, I didn't want anything from Berean Bookstore. I didn't want anything from PPH during that season. I didn't want anybody else's words. I just wanted the word of God only. And I would only read his Bible and I would pray and fast and seek God and I read only the scriptures and nothing else. And and then one day, Brother T.F. Tenney came to me and, and stopped me in my tracks. We were just greeting each other at the general conference. Sister Heidi and I saw Brother and Sister Tenney. We talk, stopped to talk for a moment. We were about to move on. And Brother Tenney stopped, looked back at me and said, Joel, it was a word from the Lord. I could tell by the way he was looking. He said, Joel, find every word your great-grandfather ever wrote and read it. As if he were admonishing me to look for a treasure hidden in the field. So I went looking for that treasure hidden in the field and I found it. Pardon me today. Thank you for indulging me. I feel something in my spirit. I found that treasure in the field. I would, I would read at night before I'd go to bed and, and I would dream about it while I slept. I walked with him up and down the streets of Persia 100 years ago in my mind's eye. I listened to his words. I heard the heartbeat of a man who was willing to be a martyr for Jesus Christ. I heard the heartbeat of a man who was willing to sacrifice everything for the name of Jesus and the oneness of Almighty God. And he gave his life. He gave his life for this gospel and I would read it I would read it before I went to bed every night for weeks on end and then the Lord released me to read more and I read into the other founding pioneers and something unique started happening as I would read the chapters written by G.T. Haywood and our very own Frank Kurtz and, and Frank Ewart and Elder Robert Tobin of Christ Temple in Indianapolis I would read the writings of the pioneers 100 years ago and as I would read the words I would see things that God had shown me just recently in his word over the, last, over the last year or two before that. And then something unique would happen. I would receive understanding, like a revelation, like a light bulb would go off in my head and I would see something in the scriptures I'd never seen before. And, and it, would, it would just absolutely amaze me. And I would flip the chapter and that's what the next chapter would be about. And the Lord began to deal with me and let me know, I'm showing you, you're on my path. You're on the right track. You're on my path. And then in the next following years, I had to live what he had shown me. I had to live it. And that's different than hearing it, knowing it. It's different than, than understanding the theology of it. I had to start living out everything that the Lord had begun to show me. 
And so the living out of it is where knowledge shifted into understanding. And if you can get through the, 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 the living of, under, of, of knowledge, if you can get through the living of knowledge, and it will take everything you have to get through the living of knowledge. There's knowledge, something God shows you and now you know it. But, but, but when you start to understand it, and it gets down into your bones because it is played out in real time before your eyes, that positions you in a different spot. And if you can get through that, now you're still standing upon the vast sea of wisdom and God lets you live out all the beautiful principles that he has shown you and you have certain things under your feet and you have dominion and authority over certain things and I'm going to tell you I don't even know how I preached before God took me on that journey I don't even know how I opened his word before God took me upon that journey but I thank God every day I wouldn't want to go through some of those things again but I'll never trade who I am for who I used to be. I want you to know that God is a good God. He's real. He's powerful. He is loving. He is kind. He is gracious. Slow to anger. He is full of tender mercies. And so, Tree of Life Church, when we came into this location, all of the building and all of the, all of the raising of monies, I don't believe, I don't believe I would have ever been able to be a leader to do those kinds of things if it hadn't been for the journey I just described. Coming upon, coming up out of that journey, we stepped into the bridge project. We stepped into expand the land. We stepped into ready now. We stepped into COVID. We stepped into displacement from our property. We stepped into worshiping God with Grace Point Church and merging with Grace Point Church and them coming into Tree of Life Church. And we stepped into this new building at 6477 Cooper Road. And now we stand on the precipice of what God is getting ready to do. And it's beautiful. And it's marvelous in our eyes. But what God is getting ready to do, I can relate with what Paul is saying to some extent. Because I, I want to be a part of it. But it's bigger than anything we've ever experienced before. It's, it's, it's more than the 550 or 600, however many are here right now. We've got children that are, praise God, getting the Holy Ghost right now in a children's crusade. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's bigger, it's bigger than the, the group we have here. It's going to spread all across this city, but it's going to take our understanding of what Paul is helping the church at Corinth to understand. It has to be an impartation of what the Lord has done. And so my goal as a pastor is to impart what the Lord has done in my life. I want to take what he has given me and I want to give it to you in Jesus name. Now that's not something new. That's what we try to do every time we stand behind the pulpit. That's what we try to do every time we lay hands on and pray. That's what we try to do every conversation we have. I just, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you every conversation I have with anybody, I'm hoping to impart a little bit of Jesus into that conversation, into that person's life. Moses said to the Lord, he, the Bible says he welcomed Jethro, his father-in-law. I thank God for my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, amen, and my family. I thank God for them coming from Germany, 35 years, career missionary, who have been a blessing to Tree of Life Church. 
And Moses talked to Jethro, his father-in-law. And the Bible says Jethro comes to meet Moses. And he said, the Bible says Moses welcomed him into his tent. Jethro brought his wife, Zipporah. He brought his children, Gershom and Eleazar, brought them into the tent with Moses. And Jethro said, how are things going? And Moses said, I'll tell you how they're going. God delivered us from Egypt. God delivered us from the land of bondage. God brought us up out of the land of our captivity. And he's bringing us into the promised land. And Jethro said oh I praise God for his goodness and he said and I know that the God of Israel is the is the one true God and they had this time of sacrifice and Jethro was so blessed by everything he heard from Moses but the next day he wakes up Moses goes out and the Bible says he sits down and starts judging the people and from morning till evening the people brought every need every every need to Moses and Jethro's standing there looking at this and he said, now, now tell me what's going on here. He said, well, everything that the people need, they bring it to me. And I help them decide what to do and I help them understand the statutes of the Lord and I understand, help them have guidance. And, and, and from the very beginning of the day until the very end of the night, Moses was sitting there trying to meet the needs of the people for himself. And Jethro said, okay, God is good, but this isn't good. God is great, but this isn't great. He said, listen, I, I think there's a better way to do this, Moses. And Jethro began to help Moses understand how to appropriate what God has done. And sometimes, sometimes in the past, I could feel a little bit like, I could relate a little bit with Moses where I could say, oh God, look at the wonderful things you've done. You brought us up out of the land of bondage. You strengthened us. You gave us victory. We've got miracles. We've got signs. We've got wonders that we can point to. But I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, the task of the work of God is too much for any one person. And I thank God for the pastors we have on our pastoral team. Pastor and Sister Sizemore, Pastor and Sister Duvall, Pastor and Sister Colbreth, Pastor and Sister Kovach, Pastor and Sister Purdy. Some have said, why do we have so many people called pastor at Tree of Life Church? Listen, there's, 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 there's one pastor, but one pastor can't do it all. So when you hear the word pastor, you need to understand that it is... The, we are all under the chief shepherd of the sheep. I may be the senior pastor at Tree of Life Church, but when somebody begins to have a pastoral approach, that means they are helping get the sheep where they need to go. And we don't just have pastors, we have ministers who may not carry the designation of pastor, but they have the designation of minister, and they are helping to preach the word and teach the word. And I thank God for our pastoral team members. Can we give them a big hand? And you need to understand that these preachers and teachers, I thank God, Brother Saunders, Brother Glasgow, Brother Spencer Jordan, Brother David Jordan, Brother Ashley Dixon, praise God, Brother Brandon Jordan. Let's thank God that we have preachers and teachers and pastors in the Tree of Life Church. This isn't falling on one person. This isn't falling on one couple. And not just the names I mentioned. You, you, you are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when you hear from these pastors and ministers, you're hearing from me in Christ. You're hearing from me in Christ. And so it's important to understand that Paul said to them, look, he said, I'm over here preaching and teaching. And, I'm, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm, not, 
I'm saying this because I'm, I'm leaving for Africa. And as I get ready to leave, I just, I feel such a, such a weight of, I want you to understand what's happening. This is you going to Africa. This is you stepping onto into South Africa and preaching the gospel. This is you going into Madagascar, preaching the gospel. But because I'm over there, we have to keep things running here and having revival here. Don't you, don't you be afraid to go forward in Jesus' name. And I thank God that that's not the case. Because when I come home from preaching somewhere, I walk in and I hear the miracle reports. People are receiving the Holy Ghost. People are being baptized in Jesus' name. It's not dependent on me. I know that and I know you know that. But I want to I want to stand up into this place today and let you know that God is shifting us into a new direction. Hallelujah. Where we're going to have a global reach and it's going to require the understanding and the faithfulness of his people to do it. Hallelujah. We need you to be faithful in prayer. We need you to be faithful in holiness. We need you to be faithful in preaching and teaching the word. We need you to be faithful in giving. We need you to be faithful in your encouragement of one another. Hallelujah. Moses said, Jethro, I need help. And Jethro began to say, all right, leaders over thousands, leaders over hundreds, leaders over fifties, leaders over tens. Again, I thank God for our pastoral team because they are, they are so capable in helping us to organize and there's going to be more organization coming. So get ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because we're going to be looking to you. You're going to have to be ready to submit. You're going to have to be ready to be obedient. You're going to have to be ready to sacrifice. You're going to have to be ready to say, okay, okay, I, I, I'm going to do this for the work of God. Got to be ready because we've got a work to do in Jesus' name. So Moses says to the Lord later, after all of this in the book of Numbers, he said, Lord, I can't do it anymore. He said, I have 600,000 footmen. And I can't do it anymore. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And he said, uh, he said, in fact, you know what he told God? He said, just kill me. Just go ahead and kill me because I can't do it. It's, he said, it is too heavy for me. And he said, I didn't, he said, I didn't, I didn't create these people. That's what Moses said. He said, these are your people. And you know what the Lord said? The Lord said, I want you to gather 70 of the elders gather 70 of the elders. And this is what he said. He said, stand before them. And he said, I want to, you to put, I'm, I'm going to take the spirit that's on you and I want to put it on them. And when the spirit that God had put upon Moses came upon the 70 elders, it was the spirit he put on Moses. See, that's the thing you have to understand, Tree of Life Church. This isn't about Joel Urshan. I don't enjoy preaching messages like this because I, I don't like exalting my name. So if my name is being exalted, then shut the, whole, shut the whole thing down. I don't want anything to do with my name being exalted. There's only one name I want exalted in this house, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. But it is important that what the Lord has put on me, it's important that that gets on you. You've got to understand the oneness of God, the love of God, the love for one another, the fruit of the Spirit, the love we have for Him. You have to understand prayer and fasting and worship and outreach and teaching Bible studies and holiness, holiness on the inside, holiness on the outside, holiness in your spirit holiness and how you treat other holy as he is holy and you have to understand worship worship 
Worship. If God gave me anything, he gave me worship. It's why I shout. It's why I praise. It's why I dance. It's why I lift up his name. I'm not one of those preachers that are going to sit back and let everybody else do the praise. And no, I didn't just come here to preach. I came here to give God some praise. And I want that to get on you. I want that to get in your hands. I want that to get in your feet. I want that to get you out in the aisle. Don't sit back. Hey, when the preacher's preaching, I want you to respond like I would respond. Preach, preacher. Amen. Say the word. Say it again. I want it to get in you and on you. It's not, it's not me trying to duplicate Joel. It's me trying to give you what God gave me to give you. It's an impartation. And so the spirit of the Lord that he put on Moses, and I'm going just a few minutes longer here. It's, I don't normally do that, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do it today. He took that spirit off of Moses and he put it upon the, the elders of Israel. And you know what they did? They all started prophesying. You know what? Before that, only Moses prophesied. So when somebody stands up here and delivers the word and prophesies the word of the Lord and declares the word of the Lord, they're not, they're not doing something. When you hear it from them, you're hearing from me and you're hearing from Jesus. And, and then the Bible says that then there was me, dad, and Eldad over off somewhere. It doesn't even say exactly where they were. Me, dad, and Eldad who weren't even part of that group start prophesying. They weren't even part of the 70 elders. And they, they're over here, they start prophesying. And, and the elders or different people in Israel came to Moses and they see what happened. It all got out of control. Now you got me, dad, and Eldad, whoever they are, probably named by their dad on Father's Day. <laughs> me, dad, and Eldad, now they're over there prophesying and, and that, that, that's what happens. That's what happens. It's gotta be Moses or nobody. No, Moses will die. Moses will die. It's, it, it, it's the kingdom of God isn't based on one person or even, a, or even a handful. It's based upon the body that God, oh, the body of Christ. And so, so he said, they brought it to Moses and said, this is what happened. You, you let your spirit get on these 70 elders and now you got me, dad, and Eldad thinking they can prophesy. You know what Moses said? He said, what do you want me to do about it? He said, I would that you all prophesy. He didn't mean I want everybody coming with their own psalm and their own doctrine and their own song and their own teaching. That's not what he meant. He said, I want everybody to get this word in their mouth and I want you to be as articulate. I want you to be as, as developed in the understanding of this word that when anybody asks you about the counsels of God, you could answer it like a preacher behind this pulpit. You could give an answer to every man with grace, seasoned with salt. Hallelujah. That's what happens when the impartation begins to take place. So Moses is standing in the, in the tabernacle and he's communicating with the cloudy pillar at the door of the congregation and he's communicating with the cloudy pillar and God is talking to Moses and Moses walks away from the cloudy pillar. He has to. There's other things he has to do. Pardon the jump to modern application. There are other places he has to preach. There are other people he has to minister to. There are other needs that are, ne are needed to be met. But the Bible says that Joshua stayed. He stayed in the tabernacle. I wish I could be at every prayer meeting. I wish I could be at every hospital visit. 
I wish I could be at every funeral. I wish I could be at every wedding. I wish I could be at every baby dedication. I wish I could be at every, 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 every. I want it all because I love all of you. But there are times, there are times where, where against my will, and you gotta understand, it is a sacrifice in my spirit. I don't know how to explain that, but it is a, it is a sacrifice in my spirit because I would just rather be here than anywhere but there are times I have to walk somewhere else and I need Tree of Life Church to say, we understand. And we're with you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want you to, I want you to know that, that I appreciate your understanding and I also want to tell you that, that I know that you need me to understand that there are times that I, I just need to be home and I, and I get that and I promise you that, that we have this understanding. It's a mutual understanding but, but, but we're gonna have to know those times when it's time to go and it's time to stay and, and, and I, I, as I leave for Africa, it's just gonna, I'm gonna feel better getting on that plane knowing that Tree of Life Church understands that I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ if I could, if I had my own way, I would be here with you, worshiping God, dancing in these altars, visiting you when you're sick. That's where I would be. That's where I want to be. But, but there are times I have to leave the cloud and go somewhere. But Joshua, stay in the cloud. Stay in the cloud. Somebody's got to be in the cloud. Somebody's got to remain. In Jesus' name, God's anointed this congregation to stand in the gap. God's anointed this congregation to do a work in this city. If you could stand with me right now in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, pastors, ministers, elders. Thank you, leaders. Thank you, department heads. Thank you for the work of the Lord, for the work of the Lord, for laboring in word and in doctrine. Let me, let me explain something to you, ladies and gentlemen. There is no competition among the ranks of leaders at Tree of Life Church. Hallelujah. There's no competition. In the, in the, uh, among the ranks of leaders at Tree of Life Church. We understand we have different giftings. We understand that some do things uh, in a way that is advanced and others do things in a way that is advanced respectively and so forth. God has given these gifts for the edification of the church. God has given these gifts to the edification of the church. I apologize if I left anybody out when I mentioned names. That's why I don't mention names because I probably left out a handful. We'll, we'll have a better description for you, but, but, but understand what I'm trying to communicate. I thank God for Pastor Rubio and Arbel DeVita. God bless you in Jesus' name. <laughs> God bless you in Jesus' name. I thank God for Pastor Tierney, who's pastoring at River of Life Church in Manchester, Ohio. God bless Pastor and Sister Tierney. <laughs> Brother Tyreek and Sister Ashton, thank you for your work in Prime. God bless you in Jesus' name. 
Brother Spencer Jordan, God bless you in Jesus' name. The Lord's God is opening up doors for you already all around, but we thank God you're at Tree of Life Church and for your for your investment here. We've got a lot to be thankful for. And again, I could, I could go on, Brother Tom Rockland, Sister Connie Hanson. There's so many different people. And, and I got to stop because I, 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 I just could go on and on and on. But, but hear what I'm telling you. I want to impart to you. I want to impart to you what the Lord has put in my spirit. I want it to get on you. I want it to get on you. I want, it to, I, want you to, I want you to take the journey that's necessary for you to understand his love, for you to understand his power, for you to understand the need to be holy, for you to understand the need to reach this city. Could you lift your hands with me right now in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not just imparting to you what God has put upon my spirit. Sister Buller, we remain true to the foundation of this great church. We remain true to that teaching that was taught here in 1925. Some of you were raised up under Brother Kurtz, under Brother Buller. Some of you under Brother Pasley, Brother Sizemore, Bishop Bowers, Bishop Jasper Phillips, Bishop Elsie Young, Bishop Johnny Johnson. We've got, a, we've, got a, we've got a host of different people who have come to God through various ministries. And I want you to know that that heart that that pastor had for you was the heart of God. You have not many fathers. You may have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but you don't have many fathers. I have sat with people that I have met for the first time, had no history with them whatsoever. And I would sit across from them and I would look at them in the eye and my heart would swell for their soul. It would be as though I'd known them since they were newly born or when they were born again. And I would say, I walked out of one meeting, I said, God, where did this come from? I don't even know this person but I feel I have such love for them. I want them to make it. I want their family. I want their family to succeed. I want them to thrive and be blessed. Where did this come from? And the Lord said, it's my heart. Their pastor may have already passed away and gone off into glory, but I took that heart that he had for them and I put it in you. And I'm loving them through you. Hallelujah. It's, see, it's, it's bigger than one person. And if I were to fade off of the scene tomorrow, I want you to know that God's heart is big. And he's got his church in the palm of his hand. Somebody lift up your hand right now and say, God, give it to me. Give me everything. Give me everything you have for me. I want to walk with you. I want to serve you. Thank you for indulging me. Thank, I know this is different. I know this is different. Thank you for letting me share with you what's on my heart today. I want some people to come forward right now in the name of Jesus. Young, I want some young people to come forward. I, I want some young people to come forward. I thank God our young people are on these front rows worshiping God. God bless you in Jesus' name. You're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of right now. 
You're the church of right now. I want some others to come right now in the name of Jesus. We've got a few moments. We've got a few moments. Come on, that's it. I need you to come right now. I need, I need the church. I need people to step forward and say, I'm in this. I'm for what God is doing. I'm going to make a difference in my city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Tree of Life Church, I'm going to Madagascar. You, you didn't even know you were in Madagascar, but you're already there. You're already there from what came out of here. The work of God that started here is already there. Pastor Sizemore, God bless you in Jesus' name. I love you. I thank God for 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 your preaching and your teaching. I thank God for your administrative anointing. I thank God for you. I thank God for the folks from Grace Point. You're not Grace Point, you're Tree of Life Church, but you'll always have Grace Point in you, and we give God praise for that. We thank God for that. Come on, lift up your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Give Him praise right now. We celebrate that. We celebrate what the Lord has done. This isn't about just one place and one person. This is about the kingdom of God. This is about the kingdom of God. Lord God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you'll put in every person a hunger for holiness. I pray that you'll put in every person a discretion, a spiritual discretion, a godly wisdom. I pray, Lord, you'll put in them a fear of the Lord. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll impart unto them a deep appreciation for your love and for your truth. A love for this city, a love for their families. Lord, let them love their families with the love of God. Let them love their spouses with the love of God. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you put faith in their heart. Lord, let them live a life of forgiveness. Let them live a life of forgiveness. Let them live the beauty of holiness. Lord God, let them release unto you their heart. Lord, let them walk away from the, from the wiles of the enemy. Let them live for you. Let them serve you. Let them serve you. Let them serve you. God, I thank you. I give you praise. I thank you. I give you praise. Come on, I need some folks to lift up your hands all across this house. I, 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 I need an impartation to happen right now. In the name of Jesus, I want somebody that has something special that God has done in your life. I want you to lift up your hands and say, God, I want you to, I want you to take that right now and put it on somebody. Let it be upon somebody right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for the children of Tree of Life Church. The grandchildren, oh God, in Jesus' name. Lord, you know we have a hard, we have hard decisions to make. We have tough battles. We have difficult circumstances. People are facing hardships. Give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. Give us compassion. Give us boldness. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Ilaborando la moshanda maya. Oh, yada la la mosika la la mahiyada la Let's all stretch our hands forward right now and pray for Pastor. Let's all stretch our hands forward right now. Let's intercede for Pastor and wife right now. Oh, let's pray together right now in the name of Jesus. Let the anointing of the Lord be upon him. Let the protection of the Holy Ghost be upon him. Let the Spirit of the Lord lead and guide him as we intercede for him. Let the Holy Ghost lead him, protect him, help him, strengthen him. Oh, let's intercede right now. Let's intercede right now. Let's intercede right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name. Hallelujah, 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 H
you find somebody right now just pray with them gather with somebody right now thank you for your prayers thank you to my brother